This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino with you, Scully with you. Weeks he going to be by here momentarily somewhere along the lines in hour one. It is RBC Canadian Open Week. We are being pounded with rain at St. George's Golf Club. I'm talking several inches. If you're on your way to the golf course, turn around and go home. Uh, golf course is closed to the public today. It's just a safety issue. Uh, there is nothing happening really here today. Players are not speaking to the media. There's no one on the golf course. It's just an unsafe environment, and they also want to keep this golf course in as good a condition as possible for Thursday. So as of now, we will recognize, or excuse me, the Golf Canada is recognizing your tickets for tomorrow, the Wednesday. So if you had Tuesday tickets, you can come tomorrow on the Wednesday. Uh, and let's just hope that this golf course uh, can take this amount of rain. And we will deal with the RBC Canadian Open in hour two today of Golf Talk Canada with a special Tuesday edition. But Adam... What planet did I wake up on this morning? I mean, the amount of live series golf news and potential PGA Tour news that happened after we went off the air yesterday until where we are today is is a month, a month's worth of golf news in a regular PGA Tour kind of news cycle. We could have done, we could have stayed on the air from noon, from 12.01 p.m. tomorrow until right now where we're live on the air because so much went down. Phil Mickelson officially committing to live, which we sort of presumed was going to happen, but that happened at about 3 p.m. Eastern yesterday afternoon. His statement came out shortly thereafter. And then overnight, because, of course, there's a time change and, and Liv is in London, England right now, we've seen the first players officially speak at their pre press conferences. Dustin Johnson, which we'll hear from later in the show. Graham McDowell as well. Uh, reportedly some uncomfortable uh, tense situations with Kevin Na, with Taylor Gooch in, in the press room. So certainly a lot going on in the Liv world. For, you know, throughout last summer, Mark, on our show, we spoke about, is this thing really going to happen and yes, now it is really going to happen come Thursday at some point. Still don't know an, an official time. Have you heard an official start time yet? Because I sure haven't. No, no. Uh, yeah. I've, I've just been drowning trying to keep up with this news conference information and, and statements from players. And we're going to get into it uh, mainly in hour one today. In hour two, we're going to switch gears, get back to the RBC Canadian Open, take a look at some of the Canadians in the field who you might not know. Also, yesterday was the longest day of golf. We'll let you know who qualified for the U.S. Open. There are a ton of names that got in yesterday. Uh, so we'll ju jump into that in hour two. But coming up in the next segment, Bob Herrig, who is the senior uh, golf writer for Sports Illustrated, SI.com. He also uh, wrote the book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. We had him on, uh, Bob Herrig, a couple of weeks ago when he went one-on-one -on -one with Bob about his new book. He's going to join Adam, Adam and I coming up in the next segment because he had the opportunity to speak with Phil Mickelson prior to Phil leaving for London. So let's start with Phil Mickelson because right now, 
Um, he and Dustin Johnson stealing a lot of the headlines in the world of golf. This is Phil Mickelson's statement, Adam. Let, let's start with this. First and foremost, I want to again apologize to the many people I've offended and hurt with my comments in the last few months. I've made mistakes in my career, some things I have said and done. Taking time away and self-reflecting has been humbling. I needed to start prioritizing the people I love the most and work on becoming a better version of myself. I've spent time away with Amy and loved ones. I've been engaged and uh, continued in therapy and feel healthy and much more at peace. I realize I have a long way to go, but I am embracing the work ahead. So I don't know, maybe he is in therapy. I'm backing off the statement now here. Uh, certainly playing, in my opinion, just in my opinion, certainly playing a card there. Uh, I am ready to come back and play the game I love after 32 years on this new fresh start, an exciting path uh, for a stage in my career that is uh, clearly transformative. It's not for myself, but for the game and my peers. I find that hard to swallow, that particular line. I also love the progressive format, and I think it's exciting for the fans. Um, I will summarize here. He continues to go on and say that he has spoken to governing bodies wants to keep those uh, governing body conversations private. He has not spoken to Jay Monahan, which I find interesting. And he intends on playing the majors, which I find. So he intends on playing the majors. A thrill to begin with Live Golf, and I appreciate everyone involved. I intend on playing the majors. I disagree. I, I fully respect that some may disagree with the decision, and have strong opinions. Okay, so he doubles down here, Adam, on I'm going to play majors, and he is not, this is important, not resigning from the PGA Tour. What did you take from this? For me, the thing that leaped out of the page for me is, hey, this is my. This is where I'm going to play. I'm still playing majors, and I'm going to see, wait and see what the statements come out in the next couple of weeks of where, where the rest of the golf world stands. I mean, I'm curious how much his stance now has changed in the last, what, 15, 16 hours now that Dustin Johnson has officially resigned. I, I wonder if he'll go down that road. I, I, I'm still, I mean, sure, you know, coming out with a statement of this magnitude, you want it to be well-crafted, well-written to, to his mind anyway. I'm still disappointed he didn't do this in a video, honestly, because of, you know, how, how you're able to pick up your cell phone, hit record, and you're there. And because of all the social media work, Phil, did and you know we we loved him on the show talking about hitting bombs and hellacious seeds and you know talking about being a stallion and that sort of thing and and bringing out his his interesting personality I, i'm disappointed that this wasn't you know more of a personal way trying to connect more with his hundreds of thousands and millions of fans if they are still there for him so uh that's that, a good that question adam that's a good question yeah you know we dance over that but are they still there what has he done to his brand Corporate America has walked away from Phil Mickelson. Now, he addresses that in Bob Herrig's 101, which we'll get to here before we welcome Bob on the other side of the break. But many of us are still guessing that question, and what is the financial impact of, are those millions of fans still there? And I know we'll find out. So the Live Series does. It's 9 a.m. Eastern this Thursday on YouTube. So just so you know, the shotgun start, shotgun start 2 p.m. local, 9 a.m. Eastern. But we'll see him, as Phil just said there, at the U.S. Open 
next week. Now, we know what, when Tiger Woods had his first press conference post-scandal at the 2010 Masters, many different news coverages, whether it was CNN, ABC, TSN, everyone, we sort of stopped what we were doing. The world stopped. The stock market stopped to watch that, uh, to watch Tiger speak. I'm curious what it's going to be like for Phil Mickelson, maybe to not that extent, but that will be probably the most the most watched press conference since both Tiger Woods' apology back in 2010 and that first introductory press conference because no one's really heard from Phil. Of course, Bob Herrick spoke to him just before he flew off to London, but there's so many questions to ask Phil Mickelson about what have you been doing for the last four months? And, you know, he mentioned with Bob Herrick that he didn't touch a club for a couple of months. That's the first I've heard of that as well. I, I'm still not convinced we're going to hear from him. Like, what, what wow. are his obligations to the USGA. I don't know what their press conference obligations are, if any. Can he choose to play the U.S. Open and choose not to speak to the media all week? Uh, possibly. I don't know. Maybe we don't hear from him. Uh, from what we're getting from overseas in London is a very sheltered and protected press conference at the moment. We're going to get to that later on in the hour of some things that went down in that presser. Never mind the, the re most ridiculous image I've seen on Twitter all morning. There was a robot offering drinks to people oh. in the media center. Yes, a robot. Oh. You should go to Twitter and check this out. There's, there's like, it's like straight out of a bad sci-fi film. But there are weird and not, I'm, they're weird and not unexpected items that have come out of that presser. So we're going to get to that. Uh, before we do, again, Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated coming up on the other side. Let's get to some uh, a, a little bit uh, of his article, his one-on-one -on -one from Morning Read on, on the SI.com platform. Here are a few excerpts uh, from that. Um, Mickelson, again, apologize. He says something to your point, Adam, to our conversation. I've had really good conversations with my sponsors because they're not just my sponsors, but my friends as well. So trying to keep that kind of door open, Adam, that, you know, maybe the Callaways, the KPMGs of the world, the Workdays of the world might come back. As of now, they have not. As of now, we've also seen uh, corporate America, UPS, for instance, walk away from Sir, uh, walk away from uh, Lou Eustazen, Lee Westwood. We have yet to see a statement or the position of uh, the golf manufacturers yeah. of what they're going to do, because all these guys are signed to their allegiance to a major golf manufacturer. So that comes into the uh, equation. We haven't seen that yet. Um, Mickelson was asked in the interview to address human rights violations from the Saudi government. Uh, obviously, Mickelson uh, suggested that he obviously uh, does not condone any of this behavior, uh, doesn't like to see these human rights violations, but believes that live golf can be good for the game as well, that golf has done things throughout the uh, years uh, to be a positive influence, and live golf can be the same. Um, this is the one, again, that leaps out at me. They, uh, uh, he was asked, Bob asked them about, you know, whether he's spoken to Tiger Woods and other PGA Tour players and, and yada, 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 yada. He asked, have you spoken with Commissioner Jay Monahan? We, ha we haven't had contact. Any feelings that I have in regard to playing the tour or feelings in regard to the tour in general, I need to keep behind closed doors. That was certainly a mistake that I've made. Did that surprise you that after the statements he's made, 
the four months that have transpired, where he's going, considering what's on the line, considering that he keeps doubling down on these statements. I am a lifetime member of the tour he keeps double, doubling down on and his record with the tour that he hasn't spoken to Monaghan. I find that shocking, Adam. I find that absolutely shocking, given how long this has gone gone on. Really, we've been talking, you know, th th these, uh, you know, Phil's statement or art article that uh, Alan Shipnuck initially wrote was back in February, I believe. So we've been speaking about this for quite some time now. I'm certainly very surprised that he hasn't spoken with Jay Monahan. I, I am surprised that, or I guess a little surprised that he has been playing with some of some PJ Tour players, and and like he mentioned in that article, he hasn't spoken to Tiger. But he has spoken to some, spoken and played with some of his peers. So I'm a little surprised about that. But we'll get into that with much more with Bob Perry in just a little bit. All right. Well, let's get out. Let's get to break because on the side, on the other side, we're going to welcome in Bob Herrick, who went one-on-one -on -one with Phil Mickelson, and we'll take a deep dive into this. More live coming up later in the show. Dustin, uh, Dustin Johnson's comments, Graham McDowell's comments, things that went down at the presser. Greg Norman's polarizing comments continue. Uh, it came out earlier this week. Uh, sharp jabs at Nicholas, sharp jabs at Rory McIlroy. Uh, very surprising, continuing surprising comments from Greg Norman from a tour that keeps saying they want to grow the game and do good things for the game. Every comment that comes out is polarizing and divisive. It continues. Bob Herrick from Sports Illustrated on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to a special Tuesday edition of Golf Talk Canada as we are preparing for the return of our national championship, the RBC Canadian Open, St. George's Golf Club. Uh, we will switch gears and get to more RBC as well as U.S. Open qualifiers in hour two, but... Huge live news breaking over uh, last evening into this morning. And our next guest, uh, we actually had him on a few weeks ago when uh, Bob Weeks went one-on-one -on -one with Bob Herring, who is the uh, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Also wrote the book Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, which is why Bob went one-on-one -on -one with Bob and had him on a, a couple of weeks ago to talk about the new book. But... Uh, but Bob had the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with Phil Mickelson prior to Phil uh, leaving for the first live event in London. Um, it's been silent society for Phil Mickelson for about three, four months. He's finally spoke to someone, and, and Bob had the opportunity to do that. So, Bob, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to join uh, Adam and I this morning here on Golf Talk Canada. I'm, I'm sure you're just getting bombarded uh, from from every angle right now with people wanting to uh, uh, pick your brain on this situation. Uh, I'll start by asking you this. Uh, a lot of the language in your piece um, on SI.com, the morning read, sounds a little bit softer from Phil, talks about therapy, talks about regrets, apologies. Um, did it come across sincere to you in your conversation? Do, do you believe that there's actually been reflecting for Phil Mickelson over the last four months? Yeah, I don't, I don't, 
first of all, thanks for having me, but I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to, uh, He's got to say say some of those things and feel some of those things after all this time. I mean, um, you know, clearly uh, it's been tumultuous, and uh, no matter wh- no matter where you stand on this, um, you know, he 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 probably didn't handle it right uh, a few months ago. He admitted that he admitted to some issues that he's had. Uh, you know, I I was very surprised actually that he talked pretty freely about the uh, about the gambling. Um, you know, that he, that he admitted he had, there was an addiction issue with gambling and he was embarrassed by it. He was embarrassed by how much, you know, that became a, a problem. So, uh, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I think this is part of it. You know, he, he, he it's not going to do him any good to be defiant. And, uh, so that was, I thought that was a, you know, that was a first step and he's going to meet the media here tomorrow. Uh, and I'm sure that'll be some more of the same and, and then we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, Bob, that, that's where I was going next. So you are in London, and Phil is going to meet the media. Obviously, uh, he, he gave his, pers- his first sort of public remarks in quite some time to you. But what, what do you think it's going to be like tomorrow uh, in, in, in the Live uh, Press Room Center when, when he does speak to the assorted media there? He'll, he'll get grilled pretty hard on the whole Saudi backing of the tour. There's no question. I mean, I saw that today with the guys who are, uh, who are, you know, who were, who were brought up. I mean, that's, that's just a big talking point. It's obviously the elephant in the room, so to speak. Uh, I think Phil, given what he said about it earlier, um, I just think that's going to be a big part of the questioning. Now they're doing their best to, um, to shield him a little bit because, because they're going to have him up there with other players. And, and to be honest with you, I think it's one of the reasons that Phil gave the interview to me yesterday because it diffuses it a little bit when some of the answers are out there. You know, it's just human nature. And so now, you know, like he's addressed some of these things already. The shock value has worn off a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean you won't get the questions again. And uh, I think, I, you know, I, I think it has a chance to, you know, to, to be a little bit tense. You know, um, uh, the, the, the Saudi issue, the Saudi funding is, is a huge part of this. Look, even if it wasn't Saudi funding, going against the PJ Tour would be a big part of this. You throw in the funding and you've got these two things there that are, you know, that are they're controversial. You know, let's be honest, they're very, very controversial. And look, look at, look at the distraction it is. Uh, you know, you've got the Canadian Open this week. Um, it hasn't been played in three years, and, and here we are talking about this, you know. And so you can imagine that the tour hierarchy doesn't, doesn't like this. It's taken some attention away uh, and, and, you know, has the potential to do that more so down the road. Bob, what I found most surprising from your interview, you asked him point blank, have you spoken with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan? And considering uh, what he said about the tour, the way he uh, referred to them as greedy, uh, considering in your piece, he, he has leaned heavily on the fact that, hey, I'm a lifetime member. You know, he's trying to, to play that up. I'm a lifetime member of the PGA Tour. Uh, he seems to be leaning on that quite a bit. He has not resigned, unlike some of the other players, as a PGA Tour member. 
The fact that he said, I have not had contact with Jay Monahan, and there has been no reaching out, no conversation, that surprised me a great deal. Did it surprise you, or was there another uh, item from your interview that caught you off guard that, maybe, that, that made you scratch your head a little bit? Well, no, that's a great point. I mean, first of all, you would think that no matter what, he would have talked to Monaghan. The fact that he suggested that he hasn't. And I think that's kind of telling, you know. And then he kind of tried to veer off. He said, I don't want to go into my issues with the tour, you know. And uh, so that suggests to me that he still has them. Like, he's not been satisfied. Um, he, he still feels some of those things that he said. He, I don't know if he meant to say obnoxiously greedy. I think the, I think the better way to term that and that what you hear from the other players is they don't exactly know what's going on with all the money that flows through the tour. And that's not to suggest at all that there's anything nefarious going on. It's just that, you know, why is it more of it going to them? You know, it's a logical question. Why is it, why are they not getting more of it? And they see all these millions and millions of dollars flow in through all these various entities. And it goes back to, I wrote about this today uh, on SI.com. I mean, the, the whole idea that, uh, um, you know, these guys do not get paid unless they perform. And that's pretty unusual in the entertainment world. You know, I had a, an agent tell me, you know, a, a box office movie star doesn't make a movie and only get paid at the end, you know, they, they get a fee and then, you know, maybe they might make money on the back end, but they they get a fee. It'd be, it, it's, it's pretty much how that happens in sports, but in golf, you show up on Thursday morning and the guys who are, you know, at, at, at the tournament this week, there are, you know, there's no guarantees. They, they better shoot the numbers to make the cut. And you could have been a, a huge draw and sold tons of tickets, and, and, and if you missed the cut, you're not getting paid. And I, and I do think that for the star players, the ones who bring value, that, that very topic hits home. And it's kind of why where we're at this point right now. Yeah, it certainly does hit home. And, Bob, it's still so hard to believe where we were in May of 2021. Phil Mickelson walking down the 18th fairway at Kiowa Island with thousands and thousands of fans chanting, Phil, 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 and Phil thumbs-upping and giving, you know, what's probably one of the most historic victories in golf history. And now he is, you said he's going to be at the U.S. Open. We saw the reception he got at Kiowa Island. What kind of reception do you expect Phil to get next week at the U.S. Open from fans? I think it'll be mostly positive. I really do. I think it'll mostly be positive. There's a lot of still has a lot of fans. I mean, the the negativity that you hear is mostly in the background. And uh, I would totally expect that, uh, you know, maybe there's going to be a few people. It doesn't happen that much in golf, you know? So I, I expect him to be well-received. And uh, I would think that would be the same thing here. So um, it's a, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting deal, and and uh, uh, I, you know, I, I do, you know, he's a popular guy. He's done a lot for the game. Some some people might be put off by this. Uh, I get that, um, but you know, I, I I guess what I say throughout all of this is, is what would any of us do? And let's forget about where the money's coming from because that, 
you know, that's a that is a very, very difficult political subject. But let's say it was just a, I, mean, I, I, I keep saying, what if an American billionaire was putting up this money? It would still be controversial. You know, you're going against an institution like the PGA Tour. But would we begrudge somebody for wanting to go make more money to do something else? You know, it's like when an upstart media begins, you know, the, the, the people in our business might look at that as another opportunity. Might they turn their back on somebody that's been very loyal to them? You know, people people have to make decisions based on their own circumstances. And, and uh, that's why I think, uh, you know, the, the, this is not an easy issue at all. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, I'll uh, ask you to speculate a little uh, because we're all trying to figure it out. Um, do you have any idea or any speculation at all on how severe or big the pushback might be uh, by uh, by Jay Monahan and the tour? Do they do they try to go past a season uh, in terms of suspension, ban, etc.? And part two of that question would be: Do, do you see any way, or do you see any possibility of any other governing body that that uh, that runs a major golf championship? pushing back in any capacity? Well, the first question, um, I, I, I'm curious myself as to how they're going to handle this. Um, can you really ban a guy for more than this year? I mean, I can understand if he's playing the events this year um, that, uh, that you'd say you can't play. I would, I would think you take this on a year-by-year basis. You know, what if... I know these guys have, some of them have allegedly signed deals for three or four or five years. All right. So uh, what if they change their mind next year? What if they decide they want to come back? Why wouldn't they be allowed to, especially if they are exempt? You know, I mean, they, they should be allowed to go do something else. Okay. Give up your tour membership. You can't play on the tour. If you're going to do this, I can understand that punishment, but then to not be able to come back if you wanted to, that's, um, that seems pretty harsh. You know, maybe there'd be some other penalty before you could come back. Maybe there'd be a fine. Maybe you'd get an added suspension. But, I mean, there should be a way back. Um, and as far as the governing bodies, I just don't see how you do not allow these guys to play. The PGA Tour does not run golf. As great as they are, as big as it is, as much good as it does, they don't run golf. You know, there's golf tours all around the world. And there's many, many avenues into the majors. If a guy's qualified, how does somebody say, we're not going to let you play because we don't like where you decided to go play? I just don't, I don't understand that. I mean, Dustin Johnson, you know, won the U.S. Open in 2016. That came with a 10-year exemption. His master's win has him exempt in all the majors. You know, his master's win from just two years ago. You're going to not want to have the best players in your tournament? Uh, I, I think that's dicey. So I, my guess is we're going to see them allow these guys to play. Now, maybe down the road they change the rules. You know, they change their qualifications. Maybe it's harder for a guy to qualify if he's not on the PGA Tour. You know, and I guess they're perfectly within their rights to do that. But to retroactively say a guy can't play, just have a hard time with that. 
Yeah, that, that is a tough one. And to your point, this might affect more the younger players that have made the jump with official World Golf ranking points and things of that nature. But, uh, Bob, we've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for doing this. Enjoy your time in London. That is still one of my favorite cities in the world. So uh, enjoy London, England. At Bob Herrig on Twitter. Uh, you can catch him on SI.com. Also, pick up his book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. You can get it on Amazon and where books are sold everywhere. Bob, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with Adam and I this morning. Thanks for the plug. That book's going to need a couple of extra chapters after all that's gone on. (laughs) (laughs) I see part two. Golf's most fascinating rivalry continued is the next book. (laughs) Yeah, certainly for the paperback. Yeah, I'm going to have to add some to it. So thanks, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Bob. Bob. Safe travels. Uh, On the other side, Adam and I are going to pick it up from there because Bob kind of left an open door and in terms of the Dustin Johnsons and Phil Mickelsons of the world and how the the governing bodies outside of the PGA Tour respond to them. Can you stop uh, someone with a 10-year exemption from playing in a U.S. Open? Maybe you can't. Maybe they won't. But if you've left the PGA Tour, you've resigned, and you're now going to play in a golf series where they don't officially have world golf ranking points, at some point, your exemptions run out. If you're a new player, at some point, you realize, I can't qualify for these majors. So maybe this is just a waiting out period before players who have signed on with this series are no longer eligible for majors. There's big names that made huge decisions overnight. We're going to get to it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino, it is Scully for you for hour one, and we are trying to break down the overnight news of what has happened over in London with the Live Golf Series. We just said goodbye to Bob Herring, who... Uh, for Sports Illustrated, caught up with Phil Mickelson before he left. But Dustin Johnson, obviously a huge decision uh, to leave the RBC family, uh, walk away from the Canadian Open, uh, join the league. Uh, he has decided to resign from the PGA Tour, uh, which aligns him with Kevin Na, Sergio Garcia, Brandon Grace, and Charles Schwartzel. So, why would someone resign from the PGA Tour as opposed to wait and see what the PGA Tour's reaction is, i.e. suspension, ban, etc.? Well, by defying the uh, non-release by the Tour to play in the Live Series, uh, they're already in violation of their PGA Tour agreement the moment they put the ball in the ground. Um, depending on who you speak to, most people are suggesting that even if they're in violation of their PGA Tour agreement, that their pension cannot be touched. So if their pension can't be touched, which, again, I have not verified from a PGA Tour resource. I've just, uh, I have just heard, again, it depends on who you speak to. But let's assume for a second, Adam, that the pension is protected. Then what is the advantage 
of resigning from the tour versus being in violation or suspended. Well, there, there's only one advantage is if the USGA, RNA, Masters, or PGA of America choose to reinforce or support a player suspended or in violation of their tour agreement, then you've removed yourself from the equation. In other words, Adam, why are you suspending me USGA? Why are you suspending me PGA of America? Because I've resigned from that other tour. I'm not in violation. That, to me, there's nothing else here on the board. That's what I'm reading into this as well. Um, and it, I guess it's more surprising to actually see the words or the, you know, what we'll hear from DJ here in a few, in a few moments saying that he's <clears throat> resigned from the PGA Tour given the amount of success he's had, given you know, all of the, all of the money that this has given him. And of course he's got, these guys are going over to play in this alternate league and they're going to make boatloads of money. And that's probably the number one reason they're going. If not the only reason they're going is, is they're, they're going to make much more money. And as, as Bob, as Bob Herrig was saying in, in all walks of life, if you get a new opportunity and there's more money on the line, you, you have to look at, at, look at it at both ways. But yeah, it, it's it, there's so many moving parts of this story. The thought of them going from live to the U.S. Open, that still seems weird to me. And and maybe it's because this is so fresh, this is so new. I mean, maybe this will look and feel a little more normal, closer to the Open Championship. But I just don't see it that way. I don't know about what do you, what do you think? Well, well, I don't know, and I'm not so sure that Phil's going to get that warm, fuzzy reception that Bob suggested. I, I kind of disagree with Bob in, in that opinion in the sense that I think American golf fans, I mean, knowing what we know, knowing what people know, I think uh, I think Mickelson might be in for a hard one next week at the U.S. Open. Okay, Dustin Johnson spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, he had some very open comments. Let's hear from Dustin Johnson. Obviously, at this time, it's you know it's hard to speak on what the consequences will be. But you know, for right now, um, you know, I resign my membership from the tour. I'm I'm going to play here, um, you know, for now, and that's that's the plan. Um, you know, but what the consequences are going to be, I, obviously, I can't comment on how the tour is going to handle. So, regards the majors, are you majors? Um, I mean, it's again, I, I can't answer for for the majors, but. You know, hopefully they're going to allow us to play. Obviously, I'm exempt for for the majors, so um, I plan on playing there and, unless um, I hear otherwise. Justin, did I, did I just see you say that you designed your membership at the PGA Tour? I did say that, yes, sir. So that makes you ineligible for the Ryder Cup, and was that a big decision for you? It was, um, but hopefully, obviously, you know, all, um, all things are, you know, subject to change. And, you know, like, I mean, I would just have to agree with what Graham said. Hopefully, you know, at some point it'll it'll change and we'll be able to participate. But if it doesn't, I mean, it was, it was another thing that I've, you know, really had to think long and hard about. And ultimately I decided to, you know, to come do this and, you know, play out here. And, you know, like I said, I'm excited about it. And, you know, obviously the Ryder Cup is unbelievable and it's, you know, something that's definitely meant a lot to me and, you know, proud to, to say that I've played and represented my country and, you know, hopefully I'll, you know, get a chance to do that again. But, you know, I, I don't make the rules, so. Inevitably, people will say, you know, on social media and even in here that you've chosen money over your country. What would be your reply to that? Um, I chose what's best for me and my family. 
You heard him there. I chose what's best for me and my family. Listen, this strictly just comes down to money, Adam. That's all this totally. is. There's no reason you would go play this uh, golf series other than for money. Full stop, end of story. You want to get paid astronomically more for doing way less. You do not get official world golf ranking points. So if you have not qualified for major championships, you will not be able to qualify. You've given up your right to participate in the Ryder Cup. And to a Grant McDowell's position, who we're going to hear from next, Grant McDowell, you would think, would be in line for a captaincy for a Ryder Cup. And now is a, removing himself an Ian Poulter, a Sergio Garcia. These were future Ryder Cup captains that will no longer be eligible to continue the legacy. You know, Sergio and all the Spaniards, all we hear about constantly is Seve Ballesteros and the importance of Seve Ballesteros on a global stage for the game of golf. What he did for the European Tour, what he did for European golf, and he did it through the Ryder Cup by being able to take down America and give legitimacy to the European Ryder Cup team. Let me tell you something right now about Sergio, about Seve Ballesteros. He is rolling over in his grave right now. Seve Ballesteros is rolling over in his grave watching these European Ryder Cup leaders pull the chute, walk away from that event, and go for the money. Graham McDowell also spoke to the media yesterday. Let's hear from Graham McDowell. You know, what are the consequences going to be, and are they healthy for the sport of golf? You know, it's um, I haven't resigned my membership from the PGA Tour as of yet. Um, I don't really feel like I need to. I mean, but I also don't want to get involved in a legal situation with the PGA Tour. I mean, they've given me phenomenal opportunities over the last 20 years. I mean, it's, it's just like... Why as a player would I want to get involved in some sort of legal situation with one of the greatest tours in the world? Um, you know, in regards to the Ryder Cup, it's something that I weighed up long and hard before I made the decision to come out here. Um, I hope it doesn't affect that. Um, you know, when you look at the European tour and the players that are here this week, um, they've done a huge amount for the Ryder Cup product. Um, it, would be, it would be a shame to see those guys kind of be you know, not invited back, if you like. You heard it there, Adam. Uh, it's a shame. One of the best tours in the world. Come on. It's the best tour in the world. Stop with one of the best tours in the world. Um, are you surprised that these European Ryder Cup legends we're talking about? Poulter, Garcia, Westwood, Graham McDowell, are you surprised it was that easy for them to walk away from the Ryder Cup or, again, just money talks and everything else walks? Well, for the most part, a lot of these guys who are European Ryder Cuppers who are there are most well-known for the Ryder Cup. Sure, you could make the argument for Sergio Garcia, won the Masters after so many tough calls at major championships, but he had some unbelievable Ryder Cup moments. Now saying that in past tense, I guess. Now Ian Poulter, he he is he is Mr. Ryder Cup. He is if you think Ryder Cup, you're thinking Ian Poulter. You're thinking pounding your chest. You're thinking you know his eyes scre screaming out of his head and, and staring down Michael Jordan when he was a, a U.S. assistant Ryder Cup captain. What's that going to mean? You think Martin Keimer making that putt in 2012 at the Miracle at Medina, the, the comeback for the Europeans on that Sunday afternoon. Lee West with so many close calls at major championships, but a part of so many winning 
Ryder Cup teams, even GMAC. Yeah, he won the 2010 U.S. Open, but also in that same year, how about that putty made at Glen Eagles at the Ryder Cup? He's been a Ryder Cup vice captain as well. Like you mentioned, all four of those guys were certainly in line to be Ryder Cup captains. I'm shocked. I I really am because, you know, whenever we talk Ryder Cup, we talk emotion, we talk passion, and these guys would show up and be completely different players. Ian Poulter would show up to a Ryder Cup with absolutely zero form in the world and and become God on the golf course. He would chip in everywhere. He would go nuts. He would pump the crowd up. And now, as of right this very moment with the rules, that's not going to happen anymore. So this is, uh, this is certainly a shocking turn of events. Uh, it's sad, really, that who knows what the next European Ryder Cup team is going to look like. The U.S. just walloped them at Whistling Straits. Are they going to shut them out next time? I mean, who knows what's going to happen next? Well, I think it's going to look a lot younger and after Henrik Stenson, the, uh, the legacy of captains or of what was coming is going to look a lot different. The plan they had laid out for Ryder Cup captains over the next decade or more on the European team has just changed dramatically. From a U.S. standpoint, okay, Phil's no longer in the mix. DJ was never going to be captain. He's not that guy. So uh, U.S. has got Phil, but the European side gets shaken up quite a bit. We're running out of time. We're going to have to push back the entire show. We've got still <laughs> lots to come. We haven't gotten to Greg Norman's comments on McElroy, Nicholas, or Woods. We have a GTC poll question. We asked you on Twitter, has Phil Mickelson played his last event on the PGA Tour? We'll get to that next. Hour two, we're also going to pick up Canadians in the field of the Canadian Open. Who qualified for the U.S. Open? So much still to get to. But on the other side, we'll get to our Twitter poll. We'll get you caught up on uh, Golf Talk Canada's schedule for the week. That is the RBC Canadian Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Zucchino. Bob's going to join us at some point today. Uh, Adam and I have just barely scratched the surface. I mean... incredible amount of news breaking and just head scratching. We still, Adam, I feel like we've got still more questions than answers every day. I feel like, okay, well, we're going to have more answers, but as for every two answers we get or three answers we get, I've got 10 more questions. And I I just feel like the next two or three months, that's what it's going to feel like. Uh, Speaking of questions, we asked our Twitter audience, do you believe that Phil Mickelson has played his last event of his PGA Tour career. Uh, There's still time left to jump in on the poll, but as of right now, 67% of our Twitter audience believe that Phil Mickelson has played his last PGA Tour event. So we will never see him at a Players' Championship again, at Bay Hill again, at Riviera again, at the Tour Championship again, at Murfield Village again. Uh, at Torrey Pines in San Diego, again, all these uh, regular PGA Tour events that Phil has been, um, you know, attached at the hip with throughout his career. He's the West Coast Swing, the Desert Fox. Other, you know, he was the new Desert Fox after Johnny Miller had that um, that tag in the 70s. I mean, this is surprising, Adam. Where do you sit on this? Uh, where do you think? Do we think 
or do you think he has played his last PGA Tour event? It's, it's, it's really hard to fathom this, that we're at the point of where we are at now. I'm going to say no. I, I think there's still a glimmer of hope that he'll something will change with him and he'll be able to play, you know, like you said, the West Coast swing. You know, you love seeing him, you know, in, in the desert at Torrey Pines, at the, at the big events. I mean, it, it's still – we're giving so much attention to a guy who is, what, 51, 52 years mm-hmm. old, and, mm-hmm. and so like he's clearly on the back nine of his career. You wonder, Mark, how much if Phil – and I don't, I'm just thinking out loud here. If Phil hadn't won the PGA championship, how much attention would be going into this? I mean, because Phil's relevancy, that he was still obviously very relevant after, you know, winning five major championships. Then he goes on and wins the sixth. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk of him, you know, being a, being a broadcaster at some point soon. But then he goes on and wins the PGA championship, gets that five-year major championship uh, exemption. You wonder if he hadn't won the PGA Championship, where would we be at here? I, I don't know. I think we wouldn't be too far off. And the reason I suggest that, Adam, is remove the PGA victory from last year, which is historical and, and a standalone exceptional achievement. If that was Phil Mickelson's only major championship, it would still be historical and in the history, uh, you know, uh, of of the game, it would be a standalone achievement that we would look back on a hundred years from now, but it's not. It happens to be a six major. But look at what he's given up: Ryder Cup. He was a lock to stand beside Tiger Woods at a ceremonial tee shot on a Thursday morning at Augusta years down the road. You know, Tiger mm-hmm. and Phil are Arnie and Jack down the road. Well. Is that gone? Has he lit that on fire? Yeah, who knows? Right. So all these things that he was in line for, he has given up for money. That, that is just the reality of the situation. Uh, someone who has made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off his brand of who he is and what he has done on the PGA Tour and at major championships has lit that on fire and lit that on fire for everything coming down the road for money. Now, Depending if if you believe everything you read, he needs that money, okay? But regardless of that, this, I mean, he is that guy. He was in line for those things. Uh, there, there, there are things here that he can never get back regardless of money. I mean, now who knows? We don't know how long this series is going to go. We don't know. We don't know if it stays. We don't know if it disappears. We also know time heals a lot of wounds. And... Mm-hmm. You know, people like an apology and a resurrection and a comeback story, so we we don't know. But as of right now, in this given moment in time, we believe that Phil Mickelson has made somewhere around $200 million. And I mentioned to you and Bob yesterday on the air, do you think Phil's price went up after the DJ number? Obviously, it did. Probably. Because yeah. when that, that's, and maybe that's why his name was the last one. Because the ink hadn't dried yet on that mm-hmm. contract, and the number got bumped to two hundred million is is what we're hearing. Okay, yeah. so as far as we're aware, right now at this moment in time, two hundred million dollars to Phil Mickelson uh, was the number to erase legacy and erase uh, being that guy in the future. Ryder Cup captain, ceremonial tee shot at Augusta, uh, in the booth for CBS, 
Uh, whatever it is, you line up all the things that were in line for Phil Mickelson, light them on fire. The number was $200 million. Um, we're here every day this week, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, uh, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio. It's Golf Talk Canada. We're here every day, RBC Canadian Open. The grounds are closed today. Uh, if you had tickets for Tuesday, you can get back in tomorrow for the Wednesday. There will be a pro-am. Uh, players will be back on the course. Excessive amount of rain falling. Um, I mean, it is going to be soft. The rough is going to be lush. If you can keep it in the fairway this week, though, with this kind of rain, uh, you're going to be able to play some darts. So keeping in the short grass is going to be important. Uh, we're here all week. Wednesday afternoon, Golf Talk Canada TV, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern, TSN 4. It is our RBC Canadian Open television preview show. Uh, so not only five days of Golf Talk Canada radio, but you've got uh, Golf Talk Canada TV on Wednesday. And next Monday, uh, we have a two-hour RBC wrap-up and preview of the U.S. Open, not only for uh, radio here on uh, Monday, uh, but also uh, a look forward to the U.S. Open on TV. So TSN 2 will simulcast that. On the other side, we're going to pick up Greg Norman's comments on Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, and we'll take a look at some of the team names on the league concept. Because yesterday I was pretty hard on the team concept. Everybody else was keeping the team concept door open. I think the names just shut the door on the team concept. It's just awful. <laughs> it's the worst beer league team names I've ever, uh, can't even imagine. We'll get into it next. And then we will finally get to U.S. Open qualifiers. Canadians in the field at the RBC Canadian Open and switch gears back to this RBC championship. Uh, hour two coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zacchino and Scully with you. Hour two here of Golf Talk Canada. Skulls, something else that occurred in the uh, live press conference today, early this morning in London. Let me uh, break this down for you. Kevin Na was in there with uh, Taylor Gooch and a few other players. They seem to be doing this in groupings to kind of shell the players from being one-on-one. So Phil Mickelson will likely be in there uh, tomorrow with a group of players. Uh, someone from the uh, – an AP reporter tried to ask a question that might have been a little uh, touchy. And a live spokesperson ushered the players out of the room and cut off the reporter in the question, shut downing the news conference because suggesting that the reporter was not being polite. So in other words, freedom of speech out the window will control the narrative. This doesn't surprise me at all. You? 
No, now, now it kind of feels like we're in a reality TV show where you can't ask the questions that you want to ask. And I mean, for, for all of us, for golf fans, for golf media, for general sports fans, we, we want answers. We, we want to know why these play, I'm, we want to know more in depth of why these players are going. Is there a reason other than money? I mean, that that's sort of where, where I'm at with this, but it's, it, it is hard to believe, but at the same time, it's not hard to believe that, you know, you have an official who are, you know, cutting off questions the way, the way they are right now. It's, it's just a, it's a crazy situation all in all. All right. Prior to being cut off, just before that question, Taylor Gooch was asked uh, about the opinion that Live Golf is participating in sports washing, basically scrubbing the uh, human rights violations in the pool of a public opinion through the world of sports for the Saudi Arabia government. He was quoted as saying, I don't think that's fair. Also, I'm a golfer. I'm not that smart. I try to hit a golf ball into a small hole. Golf is hard. I try to worry about golf, and I'm excited about this week. So Taylor Gooch suggesting that uh, human rights violations, what happens with the Saudi Arabia government, what governments do, uh, et cetera, et cetera, not his business. Um, The messaging here is I hit a ball into a hole. That's where I stop. And I got to think, Adam, that that's going to be the defense of a lot of players that go do this. I think it's it's one of, if not the only, defenses for you know some of the younger guys, you know, like, like a Taylor Gooch, uh, Dustin Johnson, some similar, uh, not quite to the same extent of Taylor Gooch remarks about you know that he's just being a golfer, but that's the defense these guys are going to have to take. I know, you know, in the past couple of months, <clears throat> excuse me, Lee Westwood was pretty outward and open about going to play and we haven't heard his remarks yet maybe we'll get those tomorrow as well maybe he'll be sitting with phil mickelson tomorrow some of the veteran guys who knows but uh, he's been more outwardly uh um, honest about about his statements towards everything that's going on and where the money is coming from but for for taylor gooch to make those comments again it's it's this is all just it's hard to believe really now greg norman again with uh some crazy comments uh, earlier uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, he first off was asked about Rory McIlroy's, uh, you know, open. Rory's been very open, but his allegiance to the PGA Tour and how he feels about this Live Golf Series. Uh, Rory not attacking other players, says he doesn't blame the other players, doesn't blame some of these guys for taking the money. But, but Rory's moral compass is uh, a little different. Than, than a lot of these guys. Rory's always been a great voice for the game. Um, and again, the moral compass for Rory, you wish more professional athletes in all sports uh, had the feelings, beliefs, and, and the public opinions of, of Rory McIlroy for, for, for their respected sport. Greg Norman referred to Rory McIlroy as brainwashed, <laughs> suggesting that Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour, uh, have, have brainwashed Rory McIlroy. He then went on the attack of Jack Nicklaus, who said, uh, called Jack Nicholas a hypocrite, that said behind closed doors that he had Nicholas's uh, blessing and that Nicholas uh, suggested that live golf was good for the game. Nicholas said uh, last week that he took a meeting with the Saudi 
uh, backed golf league solely out of uh, courtesy that he never had interest and didn't want anything to do with it and turned down a hundred million. So Norman and Nicholas, Nicholas, who, by the way, was a mentor to Greg Norman uh, for many years uh, now going at it in a, in a, in a war of words uh, in a public forum. And then finally, Adam, and I know this is the one that caught your eye and it's the, it's, my eyes almost popped out of my head. Greg Norman suggesting that Live Golf made an offer to Tiger Woods just shy of $1 billion. I want you to think about this. Billion. What Have we all lost our minds? We hit to Taylor Gooch's point. <laughs> We talk about putting a white ball in a hole in a big green field. Tiger Woods, I don't know what's, I mean, I, I'm shocked by this, that kind of number being thrown around, if it's true. And Tiger, I mean, you want to talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Tiger Woods, who came out immediately right after Rory McIlroy and put his flag in the ground with the PGA Tour and suggested his moral compass was in, in alignment with Rory McIlroy when it came to uh, a Saudi-backed golf league. He said no to a billion dollars, Adam. What are you more shocked at here, the offer or, or Tiger being able to say no to that kind of money? Well, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm, the number is, is astronomical. You think $1 billion, like that is, that's insane. But obviously Tiger has all the money in the world, and, and he's all about... I mean, now he's all about morals and, and trying to do the right thing and stick on the right path. And, you know, he's been on the PGA Tour throughout this time. So that was one thing that was like, are you, is this real life right now? $900 million. But the, the remarks that, that Greg Norman made about Jack Nicholas more, more hit home. You know, there's the, what's the expression? Respect your elders and, you know, respect those, you know, who, you know, treat others how you'd like to be treated sort of thing. And, and Mark, I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the Greg Norman Shark documentary, Thirty for Thirty series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and excellent. It was it was it was very well done, and it painted the light of it. It was nothing to do with with the with live. It was all about Greg Norman's uh, collapse at the Masters and his career. But there was a comment where it was one of the opens that Greg Norman won, and Jack Nicholas gave him a tip in the third round before playing, saying your grip pressure's too tight. He could notice this, and Greg Norman went on to go win the tournament. So Jack Nicholas has played a huge part in Greg Norman's life, and for Greg Norman to call Jack Nicholas a hypocrite, you know, Greg, maybe pump the brakes on that, and, and to call Rory brainwashed. You know, Rory McIlroy is one of the, one of the best interviews, most honest interviews uh, in, in all of sports. Really, like not only you listen to other sports and you really don't get a lot in interviews and you get Rory McIlroy, he'll, he'll ask him a question, he'll pause, he'll think about it and give you a very honest answer. And for Greg Norman to say all of those comments about Nicholas and Rory, uh, it's just, it's disrespectful. It's what it is. You're right. It is very disrespectful. And uh, again, um, if you read the bullet points, that were released earlier this week on social media, the talking points for this league. They want to talk about growing the game. They want to talk about building bridges. They won't, they do not want to be divisive. They would like to uh, co- coexist with major championships, DP world tour, PGA tour. They would never ask their players to choose 
between live series, other tours, other events. These are their talking points. Yet, every single time their CEO opens his trap, something divisive comes out. That's the facts. You could put as much bullet points on a piece of paper as you like, build some pie charts, start a nice website, get on Twitter and tweet all you want. The fact is the face of your league, every time he opens his trap, says something divisive and something disrespectful. And to your point, Adam, he had the opportunity here to take the high road especially with Jack, a mentor. He learned the game by reading Golf My Way by Jack Nicholas in paperback and emulating the Golden Bear. And he had the opportunity to say, I'm sorry Jack feels that way. We have a difference of opinion. If Jack ever wants to get involved with what we're doing and growing the game through the Live Golf Series, that door is always open for, for one of the greatest champions the game has ever seen. Full stop, move on. But he didn't choose that, did he? No, he, he didn't at all. He's completely contradicting everything they are trying to brand themselves as. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned it right there, growing the game. And all these guys this morning talking about this is good for the game of golf. This is growing the game of golf. When the face of your league is, is disrespecting, the greatest player of all time, many, some would say, Jack Nicholas, arguably one or two, whatever, and, and calling one of the most respected players in the game brainwashed and Rory McIlroy. Like, we had that stretch, Mark, on television and radio where uh, Greg Norman, he made some sort of comments for, what, three or four consecutive weeks, and he was in your winner's weird and what as your what, as just being what an idiot, basically, and what a moron, saying what he was saying, and, and now, now he's doing what he's doing. It's... Uh, it's it's really it's hard because like he's 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 they're talking about growing the game and they're saying this is so good for the game of golf to have these new opportunities but then you're going out and saying these these idiotic things like what more can you say about Greg Norman uh, in closing on this on the other side we're going to take a look at some of the Canadians uh, we have uh, strength in numbers at our RBC Canadian Open and we're going to take a look at uh, some of these guys and who they are because uh, we have more than just the you know, your Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, it this runs much deeper than that. We'll get to it next. And closing on this live, there is a draft uh, this evening for the team component of this uh, live golf series, which I have been down on from the very beginning. Um, I'm hoping to gain support in my uh, shunning of this team concept because I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, if, if you're not playing for your country, I really don't care about team golf. And after these names have come out of these team names, Adam, what is your least favorite here of the pathetic team names? Four Aces, Niblicks, Magic Sticks, Ironhead, Stinger, Cleeks, Crushers, High Flyers, Fireball, Smash, Torque, and Punch. I feel like it's a bad beer league men's night. And I went out on Twitter today and I said, apparently $500 billion isn't enough to hire a marketing executive. This is pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, okay, so the so Dustin Johnson, the four aces, the iron head, I mean, why is Louis Ustase in Stinger? I, I don't understand this. Why is Phil Mickelson high flyers, H-Y fly? Like, what does that even mean, Mark? But, I mean, all, all I want to know is, like we talked about yesterday on our show, is it going to be a box lunch? Is there a closest to the pin? You get an option. <laughs> like, is, 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 are, are there drink tickets at the turn? 
like you know is yeah is, is there is there a longest drive contest is there a closest to the the white line in the fairway to right in the middle that, that these are all things i want to know but i mean i guess i'm like are there team uniforms are we going to see this on thursday at 9 a.m on youtube of all things i don't know oh, it is sad adam and uh i just not sure how any of us are supposed to care about this type of team concept yeah. but we will wait and see. I'm, uh, I'm sure this is just going to continue to grow over the next few weeks. On the other side, Canadians at the Canadian Open. There are a ton of them in the field as well uh, as, well as just the mainstays. There are some uh, names you should keep your eye on this week that are pegging it up in our national championship. We'll get to them next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino and Skelly with you. RBC Canadian Open kicks off Thursday, St. George's. If you're in the Southern Ontario region, come out and see the world's best. The field itself, Adam, is outstanding. Obviously, defending champion Rory McIlroy from 2019, the last time we had our national championship. World number one, Scotty Scheffler, reigning PGA champion Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, three-time winner Sam Burns. I mean, the field is stacked, but it also is very deep in Canadians. Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, uh, joined by Adam Svensson, Michael Glickson, Robert, uh, Roger Sloan, David Hearn. These are regular PGA Tour uh, names. Mike Weir. Obviously, uh, unfortunately, Taylor Pender is still not healthy uh, from his uh, rib uh, injury. He'll be back uh, for the Travelers Championship, hopefully in a few weeks. But this is the strongest group of Canadians we've possibly ever had. But they're also joined, Adam, by some other Canadians in this field that maybe aren't as recognizable names to some of our listeners. Albin Choi, who is part of your high school golf team. Stuart McDonald, uh, um, Aaron Cockrell. 40th on the DP World Tour, who I have my eye on this week as a guy who could shake things up. Who are you looking at in terms of Canadians that have that are maybe, you know, pegging it up for possibly the first time or maybe flying a little under the radar that you're looking to looking forward to seeing of what they could possibly do in the field this week? Yeah, you know, you mentioned Albin Choi, and I'm, I'm looking forward to not only seeing him, but seeing him play. Aaron Cockrell is another guy. Yeah, he's had a great year on the DP World Tour. But how about Callum Davison? This is a guy we had on our show a couple of times last year, the winner on PG, or winner of the points list on PGA Tour Canada last year. And this is, uh, he's a very interesting story, too, because he hits his full shots with a cross-handed grip. And if, if you go watch him, there, there's almost, uh, on his takeaway, he's got a very unusual motion because on his takeaway, it's almost like a stutter step where he sort of takes it back and then 
he takes it back a couple of inches in his takeaway and then takes it up. It's too bad we're not on TV because I'm showing you this on our Zoom call right now. But uh, but but for Callum Davison, it's it's a bit of a different motion through the ball, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he has. Brendan Leonard is another guy who's had a lot of uh, success here at, around the GTA. Who's who's a younger guy? How about Jared Dutois? Many people think back to that 2016 RBC Canadian Open, making that putt on his 54th hole, the final round of the third round, about a 35, 40 footer for Eagle, making it uh, into the final group. Of course, it didn't uh, turn out the way he wanted to on Sunday, but great to see him back in the field. He also played at the Farmers Insurance Open. He was a Monday qualifier a couple months ago at Torrey Pines. He's another guy I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, David Hearn. Uh, he's been a little quiet over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was another guy. He had a great chance to win an RBC Canadian Open in 2015 when Jason Day went on to win. David Hearn finished in the top five that week. There's so many great Canadian stories here, Mark. And it's, it, you know, at the top of the line, Mike Weir playing number 29. And Mike Weir's had a career revitalization, some could say, you know, with the Champions Tour. He's healthy. You know, he spent a lot of the, you know, 2010s not healthy. He was battling a num- number of issues. And now, He's he's fully healthy. Uh, he's he's jacked. He's he's in great shape. So it, it, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of these Canadians show their best stuff, and hopefully we get a number of them making the cut this week uh, at uh, St. George's. Yeah, watching uh, watching Mike Weir and and Stephen Ames um, participate now and, and really compete and, and win, uh, and often compete toe to toe on the same leaderboards on Sundays, like we we almost had a, a lot. Well, we did have last uh, last not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Uh, has been fun to watch. It's been great to see them both out there competing. Uh, yesterday, I went out and uh, did some walking around in the Pro-Am. And I'm looking forward uh, to watching a little bit more of the development of the career of uh, AJ Ewert, uh, EJ Ewert, who uh, is 23 years old, uh, goes to Barry University, and just won the Jack Nicholas Award. He's won seven. Think about this, Adam. He's won Seven career NCAA Division II victories, including four this season. So he's won four times for Barry University. I went over to watch CJ yesterday, and on eight, the par three, about, I'm going to say 210 maybe it was playing, little downhill. He hit just the most beautiful, towering iron. I'm guessing somewhere around a six iron probably playing 195, 200, might have been a five iron, but I'm guessing six iron, went up into God's country so high. And it was literally a five-foot fade. That golf ball fell just perfectly right. I'm like, and I went, and his dad was there, and I said to his dad, I said, I'm like, that is a, that's a professional ball flight right there. I mean, you can make a lot of money. On a lot of different tours, including the PGA Tour, if you can hit long to mid irons that high and watch that golf ball just fall to right, it was fun to watch. Never left the flag. I mean, there's some great kids in the field this week. There are. And, you know, Mark, you're someone who you cover a lot of these tournaments on location for PGA Tour radio. You, you're, you see these guys up close. And I'm sure for you, you can tell whether it's Rory McIlroy or any of the, you know, any of the 21 Canadians in the field this week. The, the sound that the ball makes, the, the compression. Like when, when you hear Henrik Stenson hit a golf ball, it sounds like someone shot a gun because it's just so compressed. If you watch Rory McIlroy hit a driver, it's, it's mesmerizing. But I'm sure, you know, seeing, seeing this, this young kid yesterday, the, the sound that ball made in terms of compression must have been great to hear as well. 
and I was I was saying to Bob yesterday too that I mean a lot of my colleagues on my radio team and my PGA Tour live team they're out there every single week you know amongst the 15 of us or 20 of us or 25 of us whatever that are there there's a group of us there every week Corey Connors is one of those guys when it comes to ball striking where it just sounds different and it looks different and if you go and watch him on the range it's like, does this guy ever miss a shot? It's always on the dime. It's always in the same window on the trajectory. It's always ridiculously solid. He's one of those guys. And, uh, you know, not to take anything away from any of the RP team uh, of PGA Tour players or anybody out there. You're a world-class player. Obviously, you're one of the best in the world. If you're on the PGA Tour, you're the elite of the elite. But then it's really cool to say, out of the elite of the elite, I'm one of those ball strikers where it just kind of sounds different. So mm -hmm. Corey Connors, one of those guys. And Corey Connors, a very popular pick this week. And tomorrow on Golf Talk Canada Radio and TV, Adam, Bob, and I, we're going to let you know our TSN Edge picks for the week and uh, where Corey Connors may or may not fall in that line. But he is certainly near or at the top of the list this week with expert selections for the RBC Canadian Open. Well, it's a national championship this week. And next week, it's also a national championship. It is the year's third major, the U.S. Open. Yesterday, the longest day in golf, the last chance to get in uh, to the U.S. Open via qualifying. Uh, there was uh, qualifying sites all around the continent, including Milton, Ontario at Rattlesnake Point. On the other side, we'll let you know who got in to the U.S. Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Well, next week is the U.S. Open, the Country Club. We haven't been to the Country Club since the 99 Ryder Cup. That's Ben Crenshaw's I've Got a Good Feeling About Tomorrow Comeback. Uh, it's gone through a complete renovation, another Gil Hans renovation, by the way. We're just coming out of one. And get used to this, because Gil Hans has been on the major renovation trail. Over the next three or four years, we're going to make uh, major stops at multiple Gil Hans renovations uh, throughout the major championship circuit, mainly the PGA Championship and U.S. Open. Uh, yesterday was the longest day in golf. Uh, last opportunity to go through open qualifying and get into the field next week for the U.S. Open. But the longest day in golf, Adam, didn't actually end until today. <laughs> we, we, we had a playoff still this morning to decide who was getting in and who was getting out. So where was that playoff and who grabbed that last spot? Yeah, so that playoff was in Columbus, Ohio, and Hayden Buckley went on to win that playoff. And what is he going to do to celebrate, Mark? Well, he's jumping on a plane. He's coming to Toronto for the RBC Canadian Open. There you go. So he's in the field at the Canadian Open, so he'll go national championship to national championship. One of the locations had 25 participants at Rattlesnake Golf Club in Milton, Ontario, 
Uh, three players got in. Uh, Michael Glickich was so close. He was four under par through eight holes. We thought that maybe Michael would get into the field that is already full of Canadians next week, which is just awesome. Unfortunately, he's not going to get in. Jonas Blix gets in. Uh, obviously, that's a name we're all familiar with uh, many years on the PGA Tour. Caleb Terran and Satoshi Kadera get in from Rattlesnake Point. At the Olympic Club, which I had the pleasure of playing just uh, a few months ago and has hosted uh, U.S. Opens uh, many times in the past. Wonderful golf course. They sent five players through, 88 participants. William Mao, Charles Ryder, Luke Gannon, Taylor Montgomery, and Jesse Moeller get in. 12 under wins there. And by the way, the top two that get in there, Adam, amateurs getting through at Olympic. That's awesome. Admiral's Cove, 70 participants, four spots, Jupiter Flora, Ryan Gerard, Sean Jacklin, who, by the way, is the son of famous European Ryder Cup star and captain Tony Jacklin, that is his son, gets through, Keith Green and Fred Biondi. Four get through, but something else out of Jupiter, Adam, did you not see that Ricky Fowler, I believe, is the first alternate out of that site? Yeah, first alternate out of that site. So, you know, Fowler's been on this uh, unique road back from, he struggled for such a long time, but he had a good showing at last year's PGA Championship. He wore a bucket hat the other week at the Memorial, which we, we had uh, we had some good fun with, uh, or a couple weeks ago, I should say, not at the Memorial. So, uh, but it, you know what, it's, it, it'd be good because, because Fowler was a guy too. There was some speculation that, uh, you know, he was heading the way of the lift. So and, and I'm not sure that he isn't still going that way. We've right. heard other so, names too, other big names who are in the field this week at the RBC Canadian Open that are taking a wait and see approach that have one toe in the water. Totally, totally. So for Ricky Fowler, it would be awesome to see him uh, playing in in the U.S. Open. I know uh, Canadian Adam Hadwin is also an alternate, one of the alternates for the U.S. Open after the qualifier a couple weeks ago, which saw four more Canadians make it, I believe, with Ben Silverman. We're going to get into that shortly. Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll get caught up. uh, Let's continue the June 6 qualifier. Mm -hmm. 68 participants uh, at Ainsley Golf Club in Georgia. Chase Seifert, we all know that name, Harry Hall, Eric Barnes, and Matt McCarty get in there. Woodmount Country Club, Rockville, Maryland, 72 participants. Joseph Bramlett, Grayson Murray, one of the very interesting uh, follows on social media. Kevin Chapel and Andrew Beckler all get through there. Century Country Club in New York. Chris Goderup, Michael Thorb- Thorbjornsson, Brandon Matthews, Fran Quinn, and Caleb Manuel get through there. 13 people getting through. Uh, Kinsale Golf and Fitness Club in Columbus, Ohio. There was 106 participants. You will recognize a bunch of these names, regular players on the PGA Tour. Lanto Griffin in. Chan Kim, Davis Riley, Chris Nagel, Sam Bennett, Danny Lee, Adam Shank, Denny McCarthy, Joel Damon, Patrick Rogers, Andrew Putnam, Wyndham Clark, and Hayden Buckley. A lot of PGA Tour players getting through that section, Adam. Yeah, and of those names, how about Davis Riley? What a, what a year he's had. It's really coming out of nowhere. One of the great young 
not maybe not quite a star right now in the PGA Tour. He hasn't won yet. But how about his golf swing too? When we spoke about in our last segment, guys who have you know these great swings that you want to mimic, he's up there. Davis Riley, great to see him with the uh, into the U.S. Open and Joel Damon. Another guy had a great tweet earlier this morning, basically asking Twitter, hey, looking for a rental house for the week of the U.S. Open, preferably three bedrooms. I mean, you got to love that from Joel Damon reaching out to social media, one of the great social media stars on the PGA Tour. Continuing June 6th, the longest day in golf, Springfield Country Club in Ohio. Uh, Matthews Daffy, Brian Stewart, Bo Hostler, who's played some amazing golf this year, has had multiple times uh, to win. Maxwell Moldovan, Troy Merritt, Bo Hogg, Samuel Stevens, all getting through in Springfield. In Pronghorn Resort, Bradley, Brady Calkins, Isaiah Salinda, and Ben Lorenz all get through. That was the final site. And to your point, Adam, earlier uh, in qualifications, a few weeks ago on May 23rd, uh, in Royal Oaks in Dallas, Mackenzie Hughes, Ben Silverman, Nick Taylor, and Roger Sloan. All four Canadians qualify. And keep in mind that Corey Connors already in. Uh, I mean, Adam Hadwin, an alternate. I believe there are seven in total Canadians right now uh, in next week's best. U.S. Open. I, I believe the number, it's either six or seven. We'll, we'll confirm that for you tomorrow, but... Uh, well done to Team Canada. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an open for a reason, right, Adam? There are X amount of spots that go for world ranking, for previous champions, for players that have won on the PGA Tour, et cetera, et cetera. But half the field, uh, almost half the field is uh, is built on open qualifying. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the beauty of it is that anyone who is willing to pay the the fee to try to qualify and has a, a handicap index mark is it under one point one on on the US? It's changed over the years. It used to be two. It's come down. I mean, anybody okay. with a two handicap that thinks they're going to qualify for the for the the US Open should have their head examined. I mean, if you're not a plus two or three or better, I mean, literally no chance. Look at some of these scores out of minus ten, minus nine. <laughs> I mean, minus eight. I don't know many two handicaps that go in a U.S. Open uh, competition and post those kind of numbers. Uh, and if you are uh, doing that, you're not a two handicap. And I yeah. don't want you on my men's league on a Tuesday night. Well, exactly. And then if, if he's on your men's league team, you'd have to think of a, a live golf team name to, you know, the, the four <laughs> slingers or whatever the Dustin Johnson's team is called. But have you ever tried, Mark, to go qualify for, for the U.S. Open? I've never done the U.S. I think I've, I've done the Canadian Open yeah. years ago, like in the past. I'm talking 20 years ago or mm -hmm. 15 years ago, but I've never done. Maybe, you know, my game's just not good enough anymore. I, I just don't know. You never, it's because it's like it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing. So if, if Jekyll shows up on the day you need it to, <laughs> you never know. Shot in the dark, really. Uh I never did well to Adam with one day qualifiers. I did not respond well to you put up your bet, better best 18 holes and off you go. I mean, it's brutal. You know, I remember following the Patrick Reed story years ago when he first showed up on the scene and Patrick Reed was like captain Monday qualifier. And it's, yep. it's a real window into your soul. You know, Jordan Spieth did it a couple of times. Um, Corey Connors won 
on a Monday qualifying at, in San Antonio. I mean, it's a real gut check. And I think you're a real special person and player if you can handle Monday qualifiers and succeed that way as opposed to, hey, I've got a game plan. This is a marathon, 72 holes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay within myself, play my game and, pl- and plot along versus, hey, it's Monday. There's 100 guys here. There's four spots. Off you go. That's a different animal, Adam. It's a totally different animal. And, you know, these guys sort of showing up with if, if they lose, you make nothing, you go home. If you win, you're there for the week. You still might not make anything, but you have the chance of playing on the PGA Tour. You have a chance of pulling a Corey Connors, like you mentioned, at that 2019 Valero Texas Open. It's, uh, it's a great opportunity for these guys and four Monday qualifiers as well with the RBC Canadian Open with qualifying going on. Uh, yesterday, Monday, so which is great to see for for the, for the field here at St. George's too. So you know it's a nice two days away, and and hopefully, you know it's it's is it looking a little clearer out there? Not really, but um, hopefully it it continues to dry up here uh, later on in the day, and we get the pro am going tomorrow. I know here in the TSN 1050 family, it's a big time for Hayes and the O Dog going out now. Mark Rumor has it that. Brian Hayes is caddying for the O-Dog for the front nine. And then on the back nine, the grappler is caddying for Hazy B. So I don't know how that whole dynamic is really going to work out. What do you think? I just hope they, they, they come by 16 when we're live they better. from 10 yeah. to noon. If they come by 16, we will be heckling them. Yes. From the TSN studio live right here at the 16th at uh, St. George's for the RBC Canadian Open. On the other side, Adam, we will tee up tomorrow's show. We've got some guests, and uh, we've got guests throughout the week. So we'll tee up Golf Talk Canada's schedule for the rest of the week. Who's going to pop in on us? What to expect from uh, TSN Radio as we're on location the entire week. Tomorrow kicks off first up on location. Who uh, right. are, It's been Golf Talk Canada and Overdrive every day this week. But first up joins us on location starting tomorrow morning as well. So on the other side, we'll get you caught up on uh, who will pop in tomorrow and the rest of the week here at St. George's. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. I give up. I absolutely give up, Adam. I, I can't keep up. I, I don't. Every time I turn around to put a bow on a show, uh, we put a plan together. More breaking news: Tiger Woods has just released this, released the statement regarding his participation in the U.S. Open. I've informed the USGA that I will not be competing at the U.S. Open. My body needs more time to get stronger for Major Championship golf. 
I do hope and plan to be ready to play in Ireland at the JP Pro-Am and, the U, and of course, the U, uh, me, US, the Open Championship next month. I will be excited to get back out there soon. So Tiger Woods, Adam, not participating in the U.S. Open. Who would have thought Tuesday morning is the news day of the golf week? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, so much going on. But for Tiger, this is the right thing. This is the right thing to do. There was, there was no reason for him to try to rush back and play the U.S. Open, given how he had to pull out of the PGA Championship. There was so much optimism around Tiger Woods when he was two under through his first five holes of the PGA Championship. And then you could tell he just sort of hit a wall. He got tired. That right leg really wasn't working very well. And then there was really no uh, recovery time for him from the Friday afternoon second round into Saturday morning's chilly third round. The 79 did break 80. That's big for Tiger. Did break 80 in the Saturday third round at the PGA. But he will not be playing at the U.S. Open. Good for him. Recover. Get stronger. And we'll hopefully see him at the Open Championship at St. Andrews. In more breaking news oh um our own graham delette part of our tsn golf family has worked as an analyst with us uh in our last few majors uh he'll be alongside uh bob weeks uh for uh, sports center and tsn.ca uh throughout the week here at the rbc canadian open at uh, st george's and and i believe uh we're uh also going to have graham sit in with us at some point on golf talk canada this week uh, has just officially announced his retirement from the PGA Tour and the game of golf. Uh, Bob just posted an article at tsn.ca, so check it out at tsn.ca. This is a quotation from Graham, a quote from Graham, excuse me. Every part of me always wanted to keep playing and keep doing what I'm doing. I love the game, I love the competition and everything, but every time I tried to ramp it up and get practicing again, I would just go backwards. I just got to, I just got to the point where it isn't worth it because it's affecting my life with my family and things I want to do around the house with my kids. Um, basically, Graham doing this for quality of life with things that are more important to golf, wife, children, family, and friends. Uh, Graham is a great uh, analyst. He's going to continue to be great at what he does. Congratulations, Graham, on a great career. I think you've done an amazing job so far for TSN, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you and seeing you later on this week. Speaking of this week, Adam, tomorrow, TSN Edge picks for the RBC Canadian Open as we are live on location at the RBC Canadian Open. If you are coming out tomorrow, Wednesday Pro-Am Day, swing by the 16th, our TSN booth located just to the right, adjacent to the tee at the rink. The par 3, 16th hole uphill, surrounded by those hockey boards. We're at the rink. Uh, Popeyes, wave, say hello. Adam, Bob, and I on location, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern. We'll be here all week. Tomorrow, TSN Edge Picks. Adam, Bob, and I will let you know who we like at this year's Canadian Open. Also, John McCarthy from the Toronto Sun going to pop by. Would love to get John's opinion on the live golf scenario, what to expect uh, moving forward. We'll also have more news, Adam, because we expect to have audio and sound from Phil Mickelson who very early in the wee hours of the morning tomorrow, London time, is going to speak to the media, Adam. And get your popcorn ready for that, because that (laughs) is one of the most much-anticipated, highly-anticipated news conferences uh, in recent sports 
memory, history, I have to say anyway, given everything that's gone on for him and how outspoken Phil Mickelson always is. So I'm, I'm truly, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what he has to say. I really am. I hope they let him talk, Adam. I hope it's not completely sanitized, and I hope they don't usher him out of the news conference like was like what was done to a few players already earlier this morning. Later, later on in the week, Alan Palmer, general manager of St. George's, going to come by on Thursday, uh, talk a little bit about what it takes to get a golf course ready for a national championship, the preparation, the changes here at St. George's. Of course, there was an entire bunker renovation, an entire green renovation, and a reconstruction of the uh, par three third done in anticipation of this championship. So Alan's going to drop by later on this week on Thursday as well as the CEO of Golf Canada, Lawrence Applebaum, coming by later on this week to sit in with Bob, Adam, and I here on Golf Talk Canada, live on location. Uh, still a few hours left to vote. Um, 64%, Adam, believe Phil Mickelson has played his last event of his PGA Tour career. 36% agree with you and feel that some way, somehow, whether it be sometime soon or somewhere down the road, 36% feel that Phil Mickelson will find his way back to the PGA Tour at some point. We only have a couple of minutes left. Again, we're back live 10 a.m. tomorrow morning on location of the RBC Canadian Open here at St. George's. Um, as of Thursday morning, the gun is going to go off. We are going to have a shotgun start. And it will be happening in the morning in London. The time zone differs. So by the time we put a ball in the ground Thursday morning at the RBC Canadian Open, players potentially who have not resigned from the PGA Tour that are participating in the Live Golf Series will be uh, in violation of their PGA Tour agreement. How long do you think we have to wait or when do you believe we get an official statement from the PGA Tour. They said they had to wait till a ball was struck. We only got about a minute left. How long are we waiting? Do you and I have Friday morning a statement to break down from Jay Monahan and the tour? Or are we doing it Monday or later? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't think they're going to do it on, on a major championship week for the U.S. Open. So I like not to get in, get in that way. So I, I think it might come Friday morning. I really do. Maybe Friday afternoon. All right, so much to wait on. Phil Mickelson comments audio tomorrow. Special guest, do we have a statement from the tour? How firm does the tour push back at the Live Series? Who's leading the opening round of the Canadian Open? Can Rory defend his champion championship? Can we break the 68-year jinx since a Canadian has won the men's national championship it's all going to unfold over the next five or six days and we've got you covered adam we'll see you tomorrow morning yes sir. looking forward to our week thank you so much for listening remember the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by adidas golf and the all-new tour 360 22 tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. 
For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.